This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. And this is going to be a bit of a makeshift episode where we're going to be talking about the 2018 Jonas Ackerling film, Lords of Chaos, which we had already covered before. It's already its own episode uh, from the early days of movies when I had Jerry Jensen on as a guest. And he's an expert on the Norwegian black metal scene of the early 90s. So it was good to talk to him about this film and uh, you know sift through all of his information, his knowledge of uh, that scene and the founding of Mayhem and Burzum. But something that I had noticed on the last couple of episodes we recorded, specifically when we were talking to Jake Hanrahan, and then also when we had gotten into Peter Weir's Witness, we veered off and began talking about this adaptation. Well, it's not really an adaptation, but there's a book that was released also ca- called Lords of Chaos, which is uh, the basis of a lot of what's found in the movie. Um, and it is not entirely truthful. Listen, if, you, if you're going for a straightforward biopic and you want the facts, you want the de facto uh, representation uh, in a fictional narrative sense uh, scripted, uh, then Lords of Chaos is probably not going to wet your palate. It's not very respectful of the people in that scene or what had occurred. Uh, but if you want a good comedy, a good gory comedy film, I can't recommend it enough. I think it's a very amusing movie. Uh, but if you, if you want a more serious take of that, that has yet to occur. Jonas Ackerman probably should have been the guy, given the fact that he was in that black metal scene. He was a member of Bathory, uh, but he's not. And you know what? He's not even, he, he's not even really a terrific filmmaker on the whole. But I enjoyed Lords of Chaos, and for whatever reason, it just happened to come up in conversation both times to a substantial degree where I thought, you know what, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll cobble these conversations together and turn it into its own episode. So that's what you're getting here, and this is audio only. So don't look for it on YouTube or on Patreon. It's not going to be there. Anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, If you are tuning into the show through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, I highly encourage you to rate us five stars on both platforms or whatever platform you're using you don't have to go if you're a spotify user don't hop onto apple Podcasts and also give five unless you want to i'm not going to discourage you from doing that i just know it's inconvenient and even a mild inconvenience makes something uh unpalatable to most people so don't worry about it but rate wherever you listen to this rate us five stars because it helps it really does help all right i hope you guys enjoy the show and we'll catch you for the next Fresh recording of movies. I think it's 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 still very surprising to me that uh, we are so advanced in so many things, uh, and still people find it hard to understand how someone that can do something as fucked up as bombing random people could be right about some things, like yeah. not not just a hundred percent wrong just because he did something. Go ahead, it means you can that say everything, everything he ever he was said. right about every. Go ahead, Hans. I know that's what you really meant. <laughs> <laughs> because it's again we go back to what we always support which is the the flawed protagonist right where where it's like yeah we're going to root for you but it makes you more interesting if you have quirks that are not just the same uh group thing that everyone has or seems to have uh and this is one of those examples where yeah he was fucked up he did things that he wasn't supposed to and he's paying for it still but that doesn't mean that some of his ideas or some of the things that he came up with were not right and you seeing them happening now right it's it's like that thing now where like i don't know say a band has like a controversial opinion or or even like a fucking terrible opinion 
you know, for example, like Varg, that guy who, you know, from Burzum, the, the black metal yeah. band. And people are like, Burzum sucks. It's like, well, Burzum is sick. Like, Burzum no, is Burzum cool. rules, like, you know, yeah. I just watched, Burzum you know, I just gym, watched you know? again uh, Lords of Chaos last night. So good, the, so good. The biopic. <laughs> and they just, you know, I think they did it on purpose. They cast, like, a chubby-faced Jewish guy as Varg. Brilliant, who looks yeah. nothing like Varg, but <laughs> so uh, he's he's very off. good in that role too. I, every, I, the Culkin kid is good as Euronymous. Um, uh, that that movie is a lot of fun. I did a double feature of that in the Northman. I don't know. Yeah, if you... yeah, I'm gonna watch that. I didn't want to watch list that because I want to watch it. Like I'm really weird. I, I, I mean, I'm really. It looks really weird. I want to see it. But do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, yeah, Varg is a fucking degenerate. Like he's a lunatic. Whatever. But it doesn't mean that his music is shit. Like, right. you know no, what I mean? Yeah. Like Michael Jackson was a pedophile, but his music was fucking yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't get why people have to pretend they then don't like it. It's like, look, you're not saying yeah. you love that person, you know? Like, who gives a fuck, man? Yeah, this is like a new phenomenon that I noticed, I think, first with Orson Scott Card, who wrote, what, Ender's Game, that kid science fiction series, when... They started making that into a feature film. I remember on Twitter at the time, Stephen King's son, as a matter of fact, Joe Hill said this. Oh, you know, listen, the anti-gay stuff, that's one thing. I just don't think he's a good writer. They take this very disingenuous angle with it. Like, no, actually, he's just not good. And that, yeah. I, I find that particularly loathsome when when people do take that approach. Oh, cowardice as well. Yes. Like, you're yeah. not even... You're basically saying, I'm not even willing to argue the point of why this guy is a dickhead. You're just total cowardice. Like, it's not good. Forget it. It's like, why? Because you don't agree with him. You know, like, it's the fucking... J.K. Rowling thing, right? Where it's like she's oh, created this God. universe that so many people that support that side love. It's like their entire life. And now all of a sudden he's like, no, we have to change and take that from her. And so she created yeah. it. She wrote everything. There's nothing you can do to separate those two. What, what's the thing? Right. That, that, would they make a fake Quidditch league or something where people just yeah. like role play playing Quidditch? And then they were like, well, we better change the name now because JK is a turf. Oh my it's God. Like, it's like you're running sky, around with brooms. Between brooms. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so bad when there's light. Lighting is everything. Okay. And this was the problem with X. When you could see the old woman's facial prosthetic and body, and it was clearly silicone, that looked terrible. When she was hanging out in the dark. <laughs> oh, God, the bankers Why? from Harry Potter. What? I mean, that's not what I Googled, but that's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't even see that. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's what it. What the fuck, dude? Uh, all right, so. Okay. It's already, I mean, Bass Lerman, it's already a questionable pick, no, I think, Baz for an Elvis biopic. I, I think, a very uh, fun pick for an Elvis biopic. I think if you're doing a Bowie biopic, yeah. An Elvis biopic? Uh, I don't know. I've, but you would uh, expect that for a Bowie biopic. See, I what I would yes, like yeah. for, if, if they did a, they, you know, hmm, actually, you know what, now that I'm thinking about it, no, I don't know if it would be interesting to go in the opposite direction. Like, have you, have you ever seen uh, the movie Control? I cannot remember the director's name off the top of my head, but that's about Ian Curtis, the lead singer of Joy Division. And it is exquisitely done. Uh, it's a very depressing movie about how... Corbin? Corbin? Yeah, I don't think he's like a big director. Uh, but he directed that film in 2013, I believe it was. 
And it's a, a very well shot black and white biopic that takes place in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, about the lead singer Joy Division, how he's just miserable with his success and his life and his wife. Not, it, it, I don't even think it's his wife, just the mother of his children. And he's like, I'm, I'm just fucking, I'm so fed up with this. And he goes and hangs himself, and that's just the the movie. Um, oh wow! You know what's a biopic that I watched recently that I really enjoyed that you mentioned on an episode that we just recorded with uh, Jake Hammerhan, uh, Lords of Chaos, and I've yeah. never seen that before. Yeah. And uh, I kind of knew uh, the story of mayhem, sort of, because uh, growing up here, uh, if you like anything close to metal, like you get thrown into the, you know, well, now you like, you like, uh, whatever, I don't know, Black Dahlia Murder, but how about you listen to the real metal? And then they start telling you stories about this fucking Norwegian band that did a bunch of stupid shit. And you're just like, all right, that sounds stupid. Like that always, that's always sounded stupid to me, but uh, I, I remember you mentioned Kieran Culkin, and then you said that the guy that was playing Bark was like this, like round nose, like soft, <laughs> weird. Like, I was like, all right, that sounds funny. Especially, I'm not, a, I'm not very familiar with, or I wasn't very familiar with Bark before this. Kind of know a little bit about him, but the fact that they did that, I was like, all right, that sounds interesting. I was very surprised with how fucking gory that movie is, how graphic yeah. everything is and how they just show everything and just happening in like real time. Uh, that was great. I don't know how close it is to the, to the real story, but that was very enjoyable. And I was very surprised by, by that. We did a show on that. Uh, that's like episode 28 of movies. I did a show on Lords of Chaos with Jerry. Cause Jerry is obviously big into black metal and was very well versed on, the lore there with mayhem and, and the creation of Burzum and how that conflict started. So I, I checked this movie out. Um, I don't remember why I think it was just playing at the Brattle theater in Cambridge, which is a revival theater. It's an art house theater in Boston. And I was uh, just chilling at a hotel in Boston for the weekend. I was like, I've seen enough posters for this movie. I'm vaguely familiar with, uh, Mayhem and Burzum and, and I didn't really know anything about Varg. I knew that he had a YouTube channel and that he did videos out on his farm in like France or somewhere. So I was like, all right, I'll give this a shot. Um, and I sh showed up to it and I, the same way that I feel about Lords of Chaos is the same way I feel about House of Gucci, which is that it's just entertaining and it does what yeah. it needs to do as a film and it's not too respectful of its subject, which I think is a, you know, if you take a look at a movie like King Richard, it is produced by the Williams sisters. So you're only going to get a certain kind of uh, narrative with that. Uh, that's not going to be too unflattering. And I think Lords of Chaos does a good job of making everyone look like uh, phonies and posers and, and just stupid young people. Cause they were, they were 17, 18, 19 years exactly, old. Yeah. And that's why I'm not interested in watching that that will smith movie because it's like i don't i don't like if you're not going to show me reality of what happened no matter how shitty it is and if they're the ones producing it will be like watching a a michael jackson biopic uh produced by his dad you know sure it's like oh well we're not gonna fucking get the real story so why would i yeah. Now, look, for the King Richard movie, they do make him out to be as much of an asshole as he is, uh, you know, a hero or whatever. But it still works out in the end, obviously. Right. So 
with Lords of Chaos, and I rewatched that as well the night I got back from the Northmen because I was just, I guess I was in a Norwegian mood, you know, because they <laughs> bought into that shit. I mean, Varg, especially Hook, Line, and Sinker. And um, when I had went to see this movie at the theater in 2018, I believe it was, I had already seen Jonas Ackerlin's other movie that was released that year, which was maybe my worst film that I saw that year, which was Polar with Mads Mikkelsen that went direct to Netflix. Oh, yeah. I hated that yeah, movie yeah. so much. Um, so I, I was already on the fence. But he had done a movie, I think, that was called Spun in the early aughts. That was uh, a, not a bad film. And um, as a music video director, he's, he's pretty stylish. Also, he's from that scene. Uh, he was in Bathory for a period of time. Oh, okay. Which is another great band. Stockholm, yeah. Yeah. He was not in it for long, but yeah. And uh, I think the overall characterizations in Lords of Chaos uh, make it a very enjoyable film to watch. Uh, It's only gotten better, in my opinion, the the more I've watched it since. And the entire scene is also just interesting to dig into to get like the real historical facts of what happened there there's a uh, memoir uh that's out uh, maybe no it ain't really a memoir it's just a non-fiction account from a journalist who was a fucking liar and made up a whole bunch of shit it was called lords of chaos i believe um oh, and okay. it is full of nonsense they very clearly paint varg and other people to be uh more out there than they actually are like if you check out any uh, interviews with any of these people, you can tell that they are not all there, but they're not yeah. in the way that is portrayed in the book, not not the way yeah, that it's painted in the book. Yeah. yeah, and there's also right. another documentary called, I think, Till the Light Takes Us, which is fine, okay. but it's not great. After watching this, uh, I started looking, because I was interested in seeing what they actually, I, it's something that I always check when whenever there's a biopic done about some someone that i don't know i like comparing the actors as they get to the to the real people like those old photos and and how that was a such a big element from that movie like their image and and uh and how they kind of built that together uh i like that they recreated some of the old photos that they did but then i started looking into the members that are still alive and uh Nick Necro Butcher, who was the the bass player that leaves the band at the beginning when when he gets the necklace and he's just like what the fuck, uh, he wrote a book called the Death Archives, uh, where he where he's the first uh, account of the story told by their point of view, like someone that was actually in it, and I immediately went to Amazon like added it to my cart and I was like this sounds interesting even though I don't care like I, I don't hate the music, uh, but that style of music it's kind of repetitive and in like not a good way even though i do like some music that's very repetitive but i get sick of it very quickly but that whole story that whole scene that whole thing that happened there in this very isolated part of the world where you know law it's it's like there but it's very, very rustic very like oldie time not very modern uh, it's in the middle of nowhere, nowhere in Norway, and then it was just, just born there by this bunch of crazy people. I kind kind of interesting to see, like you said, um, everything that they were able to get away with, and also how real everything was too. Because the way it's presented here in Lords of Chaos, yeah, it's it's all 
goofy and everyone's just like a shithead young person that's trying to belong to something right and this is the thing where we've been accepted so we're just going to push the boundaries and and then you have this bar guy i i didn't read anything about his reaction to it i'm sure his reaction to it was probably not positive i don't think he saw the because, movie but he also released oh, okay a review of the movie and he says he didn't watch oh. it but he put it out and he talked about it at length um the day that it came out uh on the east coast anyway uh, there was like a three-part. His whole YouTube channel has been deleted, unfortunately, and it wasn't. There wasn't anything inappropriate, but it was just during that time where YouTube was making the switch over to what it would become around like 2017 or so, 2017, 2018, when they clamped down, they deleted a whole bunch of channels. Um, he right. was somebody who got clipped in that time. Yeah, uh, but I, I'm really interested in in Weird about story, so I got that book to see. Well, it's that probably the most accurate yeah, yeah. account, unless that dude is a pathological liar. Um, Varks well, that's talked what the about it. Said. That's the thing. It's like finally, finally, someone in the band talks or whatever. Because it's uh, the reason why, or uh, the reason why he said he was writing it is because he he's seen a lot of journalists throw shit and say a lot of things that weren't real or like the, the their their side of the story without knowing anything about it. So he wanted to just be like, well, here's. You know the the real account of what happened, but that movie uh, it's just it's just really fun to watch. You know, mm. uh, you know that it's gonna end bad, uh, even if you're not familiar with their story, because right from the beginning, he kind of, the narrator kind of tells you that you know it's not it's not gonna end, end great, but this is how it's it starts, and it's a movie that that uh, uh, it starts with them just being silly and goofy with with this dead. Dead or was it dead? Dead, but dead was himself. his name. Dead. Yeah, when By he just Jack shows Kilmer. up and he's like, oh, yeah, the the fucking rad crucified or whatever is like, oh, this guy's cool, and then he shows up and he's actually fucked up, like really fucked in the head. Um, I don't know that that that, uh, and we, I guess we go back to the flawed protagonist, right? It's so much more interesting to look at this shithead kids, you know, in a world that doesn't understand them, in a world that they don't really belong in, and then. I guess they force themselves into it by doing a lot of really stupid shit. Uh, like cutting your, your wrists on stage and then having to go out for fucking pizza immediately <laughs> after with a giant, giant like duct tape, tape cast or trying to prevent the yeah. blood from coming out so you don't die. Uh, yeah, that that's all very fun and interesting. Uh, uh, what do you think about May? I mean, it's kind of hard to get any sort of good quality recording of the mayhem tracks from that era. It all sounds like you're listening to it in a tin can. It's rough. Uh, But what, do you have any opinion on that or on Burzum or any of those bands? Well, you, you also have that scene where they're recording uh, Burzum's first album and Vark says, uh, I only want one microphone in the middle of the room and someone in the scene is like, that's going to sound like shit. And he's like, that's the point. So it's not even, I guess their point was not even to make clear, good sounding music. It was more to, you know, put their noise out. Um, I don't mind it, uh, but I have to be really in the mood to listen to it. Uh, This type of music I used to listen to a lot when I was in my early 20s, just like screamy, uh, hard metal shit. But I don't know, I grew tired of it as I was getting older and I started discovering other uh, genres of music, more like weirder, more experimental shit. So 
nowadays like watching the movie i was like this sounds cool let's go listen to it and i did listen to it afterwards but it's you know it's not really my my type of music that i would listen to every day it has to be like in a bad mood or something yeah (laughs) well burzum's not really but burzum is much more mellow kind of ambient laid back i i much prefer burzum to mayhem and as far as black metal or, or anything like that goes, I don't know if Mayhem's a strong favorite of mine in era, any era. Yeah. They're still going with like a bunch of new members that have nothing to oh, do yeah. with that. They just <laughs> bought the name. Yeah, it's like, why? Who's, I guess, I don't know. Who's going to to see that? It's like going to see, uh, what is it, Journey? With that Filipino guy, yeah. Like, oh, but at least, you, like, if you're going to Journey, you're still going to have like some of the members that were there to. Be, I would assume, anyway, some of the members there to begin with. Whereas Mayhem, it's just like it's a variation is of it, a variation. Is it no one from the original? Like, not even the drummer is. There? I have no idea. I'm not. I'm not really a big fan of Journey. Okay, no, no, on on Mayhem. So, Necro Butcher, who's the bass player, he's still in it. And then Hellhammer, who was the original drummer, is in it too. Well, not the original one, the second drummer. So I guess there's two. The two one and living a half. members are still there. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. They should do a sequel. I think they got to do a sequel on Varg doing music from prison and then getting out. That's what they need. And get, marrying you? an autistic woman and having a bunch of children. Is that what happened? That is exactly what happened. So uh, there was a, a fun little uh, law or whatever, which is a life sentence is uh, whatever your age is at the time, times two. Right? Okay. Or no, no, no. It's just whatever your age is at the time. So he was 17, 18, 19 when he got locked up. So he got out in 2014, 2013. When? 2013 after doing 21 years in prison. Okay. And so he immediately got out, met a blonde woman out in the countryside. I think he maybe purchased some land or just assumed some land and, uh, you know, started a farm, had some kids. And now he tweets from a burner account on Twitter talking about foreskin and mixed jeans and uh, all sorts of fun stuff. So uh, that's also he assumes like Gandalf the White, you know. That's his. <laughs> that's his. I think Twitter handle Thulean Perspective was his YouTube channel. Nice. He's so very big he wrote... on Norse and and all that. So he wrote a book to defend himself against media, against the media in jail. So it's just like what, like a manifesto, called Varg Small. I don't know. Uh, he na- claims. As of 1999, hold on. As of 1999, Varg Small was being sold by the Nazi organization Heathen Front via its website. So that's that's cool. Well, what is he going to get? Simon yeah. and Schuster to put his book out? Look, sometimes <laughs> you got to settle. Classics. Varg <laughs> <laughs> making his. <laughs> you have a penguin classic cover in a very uh very low key just like a little nazi flag of a little boy uh but he's here's yeah, the I mean, thing he's not a nazi though that that's a, that's what a, he is a white supremacist but he's a, not just, a, he's got his beliefs are like his beliefs are like anthony are, cumia 
Yeah, aesthetics. It's baked into a, a lot of just uh, silly shit. But yeah, he's still seven racist, kids? but he's not. He's got seven children. Jesus, fuck. Okay. Is there a VAR Jr.? Wow. Or is that information not out there? Well, his name is Christian, right? Right, yeah. The Count. Griffy, Grish, not that was such a funny scene where when the journalist shows up and he's like, Griffy Grishnak. He's like, what? He's like, Griffy Grishnak. He's like, what are you talking to? He's like, the Count. I'm the Count. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it was, uh, the, the, the tone of the movie was perfect, especially for presenting such a ridiculous fucking group of people eight children never mind yeah no i don't think their names are out he's uh, been very busy in that time he i don't know if he's put that... out any new music i think burzum's over he he said burzum was done a year or two after he got out of prison isn't it crazy that you kill someone by stabbing them like 20 times right it was a or like eight times it was like a ridiculous number it twice was self-defense what do you <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, and then it's like, well, 21 years of prison. You're, you can go free now. He's like OJ now. Like, he's free, right? Completely, 100%. Like, nothing. What? Who who cares? What happened? That's part of my well, life. Well, OJ was innocent. Cares. That's the difference. Right. That's what you're forgetting here. Yeah. That was slander. Right. Uh, now, as far as VAR goes, look, 21 times maybe is not that should unreasonable, get, if depending on the, the size show. of the knife. To get Vargon movies to talk about Lords of Chaos. I've tried reaching out for Varg, <laughs> not for Don't this, but ju- I wanted to Don't see. Not. I wanted to see if we could no, get some Burzum no. on the soundtrack for, uh, oh. for Mass State Lottery. But there's nothing that isn't already tied up with a record company elsewhere that would cost an arm and a leg. Uh, unfortunately, he owns some of his other music, but a good chunk of what's popular is uh, tied up with somebody. I'd be down. We could get Varg on to talk about that film. I, I would just be a matter of finding his email address. And then we'd, you know, it really depends on how this Elon Musk Twitter thing goes. Because I feel like if that actually does go through, and it might not go through, don't celebrate just yet. All you people on Twitter thinking, ah, oh, finally, some, ch-. no, after six months, if the, if the deal is sealed, We'll see some change. We're already seeing changes 24 hours, 48 hours after they said, all right, we'll take that deal. Because I've been noticing as well, certain people have had much more of a presence on Twitter in terms of popularity. And, uh, you know, you've had left-wing celebrities crying about their bot followers getting deleted, like 60,000 people from David Hogg or, or whoever. Uh, James Woods is suddenly, like, growing in in follower count tucker carlson is back on twitter and growing in follower count and it's all verifiable stuff one not one (laughs) like i told you like our shit is not going to change at all i don't know hey listen here's what i here's what i did notice and this is what was kind of surprising i went up 10 followers in a day and i didn't get notified of a single one i was like boy i wonder when i'll cross into the 1300 oh i already did and the day before, it was like one nine. It was one two nine six or something, and now it's one three zero six. That's weird. At Lowrez WB on Twitter, I don't know what the, what happened there. I think a lot of accounts got locked up 
for political reasons. Maybe maybe all your accounts are going to come back. There might just be nine Hanses that pop up one day. <laughs> might be able to use my name on Twitter again. All those unflattering know. tweets you sent to Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton are going to be resurfaced. Gonna get canceled for calling David Hogg a shithead or something, yeah. <laughs> something along those lines. So it, I don't know. I think it could be interesting to see what starts to unfold there. But I have definitely noticed the difference in Twitter now, and nothing has really happened. They're just kind of preparing for that that full on takeover. Right. Yeah. Let's not get Varg. You don't want to get Varg. <laughs> you wouldn't want to talk to Varg. Uh, well, he's not going to talk about this movie. Cause he'll talk about he the movie, it, but right? he'll just... You already know what he's going to say. He's going to have a problem with who was cast, with oh, where they were getting what? the information that's, from. That's perfect casting. What do you mean, Bar? <laughs> what do you mean? What is your name? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that just ruined it. We're never getting Varg now. God damn mm. which one of his, I wish one of his creepy names. Well, do you, let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Now that this is like a, a co-opted Lords of Chaos show, <laughs> I should just cut yeah. this in two. Uh, what do you do? You think that Varg was acting out of self-preservation by doing that, or do you think he he told himself that and went through with it so he could have that as something he did under his belt? Uh Oof, that's it's difficult to say because of everything they had pulled before that would point you into the direction of, you know, we've burned churches. What will be the next step? What will make me infamous? Uh, and killing the image of the band, which was what's his name, Androgynous. What's his name? Androgynous. Euronymous. <laughs> yeah. If you, by the way, if you take a look at the real Euronymous. Uh, Casting, what was his name, Rory Culkin as Euronymous yeah. is a pretty flattering uh, uh, upgrade because this was a very little guy. He was a very small, micro guy, this Euronymous. He does not seem like he would be that difficult to kill if you had to kill someone, stab him 21 times. Little man. This, oh, wow. <laughs> That's Brian Peppers. So imagine this That's little five foot three guy in white face paint. That's it's just goofy. It's just funny. Yeah. It's just yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's great. It's uh when it comes to biopics that present themselves as serious but it's difficult to take them seriously. I think it does a really good job of of juggling those two um positions of you know, they're completely uh, immersed into this world where some of them don't even know that it's not real. Like the kid that stabbed the gay old man. Uh, and he's just like, yeah, I just stabbed the, the man or, or whatever. Like they, they were now, living you, in a he, different Do you think reality. that was really more in real life a cruising situation where he slept with a guy and then was like, oh, oh yeah, fuck, I'm going to kill this oh, guy yeah, now. yeah. Well, there's a familiarity between them, right? Where he first see him, sees him, and then he's kind of like, oh. And then he takes, he chugs the beer, and then he gets close to him from behind him and talks to him in a very familiar way. So I think it's implied that he was, you know, what were the the British called? Dogging. In parking lots. <laughs> dogging. What, is, what is this term, dogging? 
name. You, you've never heard of dogging? I don't uh, so in, in the UK, there was a thing. I think there's a couple of documentaries about it, too. If I'm not mistaken, I don't remember exactly uh, 100% what it is. But dogging, uh, people will go into, like, parking lots and fuck, like, someone else's wife or someone's wife there. And people will watch as they do that. It's something something related to that. And that became, like, a thing in the UK where people are getting in trouble because they were going dogging into like a Walmart parking lot and shit. I might be making that up, but <laughs> but I think it was something related to that. Yeah. That sounds like a, a fun Saturday night dogging. Well, I just was getting the vibe. He was trying to pick up this dude. That's all. I didn't, I didn't see any dogging <laughs> situation coming about it. Is Yeah. It so, says here, yeah. It's a slang term for engaging in sexual acts in public or semi-public place or watching others doing so. Uh, in September 2003, BBC News reported on the new dogging craze. <laughs> they cite, uh, cited the internet and text messaging as common ways of organizing meetings. Uh, spying on couples having sex in a car or other public place. Can you imagine just you... Get out of your house, you're going to the store, and then the park across the street is just ten and they're just jerking fucking the in front of you. There's just <laughs> it's one of those dirty theaters where there's a bunch of dudes that link up and fuck some woman. Yeah. It's just sticky floors and Yeah, so Sounds that's great. That's but I think I, I do think that that was implied in that because it's very random for especially for someone to approach uh, a kid that's dressed in such a threatening manner. Especially in those days where that this wasn't even a thing yet, right? It was a it was a new scene that they were pretty much creating there. So it's not like now where you see someone like that, you're kinda of like, all right, this guy's kind of kind of goofy, let's kind of not approach him, especially if you're gonna if you want to do gay things to them, you know. I don't think I don't think you would approach a man that looks like that. Uh but then, you know, it was very very innocent, very new, so yeah, that, that's probably what happened. He was, he was probably not the, not the first time that he made out with an old old man or no, or probably more, not. And then, yeah. Well, yeah. Is he out of prison? My assumption is he's probably out of prison by now as well. If the probably, same laws yeah. apply, right? So uh, maybe maybe he'll write a memoir. Also, if I recall correctly, the the real uh, incident that occurred there was not made known to Euronymous or Varg. I could I could what, be getting that wrong, stopping? but the murder, yeah, the murder that guy committed, I think, was not as related to what they were up to as what was implied in the movie. No, he tells well, oh, in the real story, it, right, in real life, yeah. Oh, okay, oh, okay, okay, yeah, because in the movie they do, like he tells them in the record store, he just goes, yeah, I killed them when they see the news report or whatever, mm -hmm. and then androgynous goes wild about it. Yeah, he starts hooping and hollering because there's, there's a murder. <laughs> yeah, I think um, making the decision of showing Dad's death in such a graphic way at the beginning, it's a really great setup for all the violence that you'll see and, and a really great way of setting up the fact that these are just young, like dumb kids that are way too deep into something that they don't even know could be dangerous to them because they're pretending to be that. And then you have someone like this dead guy who actually meant all of it. And then all of a sudden he's just like, yeah, let's slit my wrist, slit my neck. 
and then, or my throat and then blow his brains up. Uh, it's very it's, it's a really good setup. Very for, dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't know that that's how the death happened. I had seen the cover uh, for that album before, but I didn't think it was real, obviously. This is a fucking cover of a CD um, <clears throat> or an album. But I wasn't expecting that at all. I, I just, you know, he started s- 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 slicing his wrists. I was like, well, he's probably dreaming this or he's probably having like a manic episode or whatever. Someone's going to come and save him. And then he slices his, thro- his throat and just like, oh, huh? all right. Well, he's still he's still there. And the phone rings and he sees that. And, and, you know, he's kind of wanting to say something, but he can't. And then he grabs the shotgun and blows his brains out. <laughs> he's just like, oh, Jesus. All right. So he is fucking dead. Uh, and setting that up right at the beginning and his reaction to it, I think, was a great setup for what you get for the rest of the movie, which is a comedy. I, I kind of. I yeah. would say it's. A, I think I would say it's a comedy, even though it's presented in a non-comedic way. But everything is so ridiculous that it makes it funny. You know. Yeah. I, I don't think he was he was doing like tongue in cheek or like anything was like jokey or anything like that. Everything was presented as like this. These guys really believe all of this bullshit. You know. Uh, so that that worked really well for me, and it was when it comes to biopics, like I one that I've enjoyed the most for for a while, even if you know, like we said, I don't know about the accuracy of it or how things happen. Well, it, I would I would give it like a sixty five seventy percent score in terms of accuracy, mm-hmm. from what I know anyway. Uh, I I wish that the Foxcatcher movie took the tone of Lords of Chaos. I think oh, that yeah. would have been a slam dunk if they had done that, especially with the cast that they had. If they took that same kind of, let's do it, let's play it half comedy, half serious, fully stylized, and we're not going to worry too much about offending whoever's still alive from that. That that was the biggest problem I had with that movie, that, okay, so are you going to show what happened or are you just going to imply it? And they didn't really go hard enough for the type of scandal that it was, I think. It was very, like, mid like very like oh it, it's like doing the Sandusky uh, thing and then barely showing what actually happened. You know, I'm not right. I'm not saying, There's so I'm, much crazy I'm, funny shit in the Foxcatcher yeah. book that the oh god, I, it, the actual guy's name who wrote the the book is escaping me. But the character that Channing Tatum plays in the movie, he wrote the uh, account of that, and yeah. it is hysterical, and it's not supposed to be hysterical just how blind they were to what was happening what the the guy had um arranged for himself mark schultz, just, mark schultz? Mark schultz? Yeah, yeah 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 his brother was um the mark ruffalo character who, dave, who, schultz. dave schultz who gets killed um it's a trip it's fun it's a funny well, book. That- that DuPont character is so interesting too. Yeah, he's such a fucking crazy man, and here is just Steve Carell with makeup, and he speaks kind of weird. He doesn't sound he doesn't like really... the real guy. He doesn't act like him. They tried to do. They made him into a creepy '80s style pedophile coach guy yeah. instead of anything resembling the real dude. There's a Netflix documentary that features footage that he commissioned. Um, that was shot around the Foxcatcher estate, and you get a much better picture of who this guy was. You should have had like um, 
somebody who's more of like an Alan Fick style actor would have been good for that role. Steve Carell probably could have pulled it off if he was playing something a little closer to reality. Uh, and it's just a very unfortunate case where they squandered that material. Hopefully someone else. I would I would like to do that, but that would be a huge budget. That would, that would take an enormous amount of money to pull off just because of the wealth that's represented in that story. This show is brought to you by Surfshark VPN. Surfshark VPN allows you to surf the dark net, the dark web, the deep web. What I don't even know what the fuck people are calling it these days. Anonymously and at a very inexpensive price. If you go sign up at surfshark.deals slash right now, you're going to get 83% off your Surfshark VPN. A lot of people are signing up for NordVPN. It's just a name recognition. It's like, oh, well, you know, Coca-Cola is so popular. Well, why? Well, who could ever compete with Coca-Cola? How about Pepsi? How about you go with the Pepsi of VPNs? And that is Surfshark VPN. Alternatively, just go to Surfshark VPN and you Google search and go go browse that. And then just type in the coupon code low range. You're going to save 83% on an annual subscription. It's only going to come out to like 15 bucks. Maybe a little bit more. Than that. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. But that is a killer deal. Okay? So Surfshark.deal slash low range. Go, go browse. Save. Don't do anything. I mean, listen, if you're a drug user, I'm going to turn a blind eye. But don't, don't, don't be sharing illegal photos or videos. Of, I won't even say what. But you already know what I'm talking about. Don't be doing that, okay? But if you want to buy a gun, I'm, I'll, I'll forgive you for that. You know, just don't tell me about it. Surfshark.deals slash low res. Go, go sign up for that. It's good. 